Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. Wow, thank you Lord. So what an amazing uh, time of worship and an amazing testimony from from Sarah this morning. And um, it just just flows in. with the word that um, Rohan and I this morning just feel God has put on our hearts. Um, We've both been reading from the book of Jonah and um, there is so much in that uh, for this at this time we believe. And um, God's, it's just God's relentless heart of compassion for people, for us and for the lost. Just God's um, pursuit, his fierce determination, um, Saren called it. And and we're just in an amazing season with the Lord at the moment. And um, I just wanna hand over to Rohan because he's gonna share just what God's been speaking to him this past week for us all. So Rohan, just, yeah, what's been God's been saying Thanks, to you? Jane. Yeah, I've, uh this last week, I just really feel that God was was speaking to me about wanting to take the no out of our hearts and replace it with a yes. And yeah, as Jane said, I, I've been um, reading the book of Jonah and God was just highlighting some stuff from that story that's just so powerful and so relevant for us at the moment. And I, I felt that God was saying that, you know, sometimes as Christians, we can lean towards a, uh, a response to him, which is which is a kind of a flesh response, which is a response from, you know, our self-life, our, you know, fallen nature, which can be uh, when he asks us to do something, we immediately kind of just click into this thinking of, mm, no, I don't really want to do that right now. Uh, it's not quite convenient for me. Um, it, I don't, I don't really want to kind of take that risk or step out in faith and do this or do that. And we can we can immediately just kind of have our guard up and say no. And in the story of Jonah, he kind of reflected this. And I'm just going to read for you. I mean, many of you would know the story of Jonah, but I'm just going to read the first few verses from um, that book. This is Jonah 1, verse 1 to 3. And it says this, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amitti. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. And after paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed to Tarshish to flee from the Lord. And that can sometimes be our response to God. He asks us to do something. It might be something very small. It might be something big, but what God is looking for is a yes response to him rather than just a a no response. And that's what Jonah kind of did. He he was like, right, I'm just going to jump on a boat and just flee from God. And in another translation, it says he actually wanted to flee from the presence of God. Now, Jonah was a prophet, so he knew God's voice very clearly. He knew when God was speaking to him and he heard God, knew he had heard from God, but he still chose to kind of just go in the complete opposite direction. And in my personal life with myself and Anna, uh, before we came to Kingdom Faith Bible College, um, and before we came, yeah, before we came to Kingdom Faith altogether, uh, God was, God spoke to us about coming here. And for Anna, he, um, he really clearly spoke to her and uh, she was at faith camp one day 
and he said to her, I want you to quit your job and go and get equipped and trained. So she, she took that word. She knew she'd really heard from God. She took that word and she went back home after that week and she just jumped straight on it. She was like, right, I'm just going to hand him my notice. I'm quitting my job. I'm going to Rafi. And that was that. And it wasn't a massively a hard or difficult thing for her to do that. She just immediately did it. But with me, on the other hand, um, I didn't hear that clear from God, but I kind of knew that he wanted me to go to a, a Bible college and get trained, get equipped um, for the next part of my journey with him. And it took me a while to make a decision, but I, I, didn't, I did kind of have a sense that God wanted me to do this and I prayed about it some more and I knew that God, I got to a point where I knew God did want me to do it. But it wasn't easy. It was a challenging decision to make. There's things that I was doing uh, where we lived in Stafford. Um, there was, uh, I, I was working a job. Uh, I, was, I was doing some freelance stuff for myself and I had some plans that I wanted to do and places that I wanted to go and things that I had ambitions to do where I was. And to lay it all down and to just follow God and take that step of faith to do what he was calling me to do, it, it was a challenge for me. But I eventually, you know, I came to the point where we actually, me and Anna went together. We went to Rafa, we came to um, the Bible college and like the rest is history. But it was a, I, I, ha I had to get to a point where it was God, God what God wanted me to, to do was a bigger pull than what the world or what my flesh or what I personally wanted to do. And that there was a yes that God kind of developed in me to what he was asking me to do. You know, Anna and I watched a film called Downton Abbey. I don't know if you've ever heard of Downton Abbey, but it's a period drama um, set in the early 20th century. And the whole storyline to the film was that they, the king of England was coming to stay in the Abbey. And the whole kind of, uh, the, all the servants that were going to serve the king were really, really excited about him coming to visit. And they, it, it was just like the most amazing moment of their entire lives was hosting the king. He was coming to stay there for a few days. And they were just so in awe of having the king stay in the place where they were serving at, where they lived. And they were just, there was just such a joy, such a privilege and honour to have the king actually coming and, and them serving him. And, you know, even as, as much as the people that were supplying food to the abbey to serve the king, they were just like, this is the most amazing uh, thing that's ever happened to us in our life because we, our food is going to be eaten by the king. And they just had this kind of this sense of it was a pride in a right way that they were serving the king. And, you know, I, it, it made me think while I was watching that part that do we have that kind of same reverence, that same awe of God when he asks us to do something, when, when he's in our life and we're serving him? Do we have that kind of same like, oh, wow, this is such a privilege to serve God? that whenever he asks me to do something, I'm just going to do it straight away. You know, as I was sharing in my, in our, my testimony that, uh, about coming to Bible college, you know, it took me a while to, to get to that place of saying yes to God. But, but actually, I, deep down, I wanted to serve him. And I believe for, for all of us out there that we want to serve him. We do want to do what he's asking us to do. 
but it can sometimes be a bit of a journey. And we want to just have this heart. And I believe that God wants to release something today to you to take away the no out of your heart, to take away the kind of doubt, to take away a kind of I'm in an ring about whether to, to say yes to God or not. I, I believe he wants to just remove that and just, just release a fresh kind of, yes, God, I will do what you're asking me to do. Um, I've got a scripture I want to share from, from Romans 8. And it's all about this kind of inner turmoil, this battle that we sometimes have with our flesh and with the spirit. So God's spirit inside of us wants to say yes to God, wants us to, to go to make the right choice and to do what God's asking us to do. But we have this kind of battle that, we, that goes on where we're like, I, I, I personally want to do this, but I know God wants me to do this. And this scripture really kind of sums it up and, and puts it into a really good kind of a, a great point. So this is Romans 8 verse 5 to 13. It says, those who live according to the flesh have their mindset on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their mind set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. But those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. But you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit if indeed the spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, who raised Christ from the dead, he will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit that lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh to live according to it. For, it's, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But, but if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of your body, you will live. And I know that's a big chunk of scripture, but really the bit that I really like out of it is where it says that you are not in the realm of the flesh, but you are of the spirit, you're of the spirit of God. And sometimes we need to remind ourselves of that. We need to believe that. We need to speak that truth over our life and we need to live it. We need to put our faith in what God says that we are. And we need to live and, and live out of that and make decisions in our life out of this truth that we are in the spirit, that we have the spirit of God living inside of us, the spirit of Christ. And he's given life to our mortal bodies and he's given us everything that he, ha that he has, that he was walking in when he was on this earth. Everything that he has, we have today. And, you know, I believe that God wants us to be led always by the Spirit, living ready, as Pastor Clive was mentioning uh, last week about having, uh, you know, the story about the, the, the virgins, the, the wise virgins and the foolish virgins and how they were, the wise ones were ready and they were full of God and they're full of the spirit and they're just tuned in, poised, ready to do whatever God wanted them to do. That's who God wants us to be. And that's how God wants us to live, ready to serve him, to do what he's calling us to do, ready for that yes to come out of us to say, God, yes, I'm going to do it. I'm, I, I'm living in a place of reverence and awe of you and I just love you and I want to do what you're calling me to do. Um, and as a response to this, I love the prayer that Jonah prayed 
in uh, Jonah chapter two. And it's, it's a prayer that I, I've always just been fascinated by. And there's something about it. I just, lo- I just love how he puts it. And I love the way he kind of lay down, lays down his life and lays down his plans and says, God, I will do what you've asked me to do. And I'm just going to read it. And this is Jonah 2, verse 2 to 9. And this is where he was kind of thrown out of the boat that he was in, the ship that was going to Tarshish because the, the waters became really, um, there was like a storm and the waters became really kind of violent. And the people on the, on the ship with him were, were like, we, we need to work out what's going on here. And Jonah said, you know what? I know what it is. Because he was a prophet. He said, I know what it is. It's me. I'm running from God. Just throw me out the ship and the waters will be calm and you'll be fine. And so they did that and the waters did become calm. And then uh, God sent that fish to come and swallow him uh, and almost rescue him. And he prayed this prayer while he was in the fish. He said this, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas and the current swelled about me. In your waves and breakers, uh, all your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again towards your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me, the deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains, I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord, my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say salvation salvation comes from the Lord. So Jonah had a bit of a, a, a... a moment with God while he was in the fish where he said, you know what, what I want to do with my life, I'm not going to do that. I'm laying that down. God, I want to choose what you want for my life. I want to do what you want me to do. And, I've, and I will make good the, what I have vowed. And Jonah, you know, it says the, the fish spat him out and then he went to Nineveh and he preached in Nineveh. And we know the rest of the story, the people really turned to God. But he... May, he repented. He said, God, forgive me for just wanting to do my own thing and to go my own way and to, to, to just follow my flesh and to follow the world, which Tarshish, where he was on his way, is kind of like a type of the world going towards worldly things. But he says, you know, forget all that. God, I'm going to follow you now. And, and God did a work in his life. and it was, It's an awesome story. You should read the whole thing. And yeah, that was kind of what I really wanted to share, to share, that God wants that yes to come out of us and he wants us to follow what he has for us because that's his best for our lives. And he wants to remove the no and he doesn't want us to be like Jonah running away from what God has called us to do. And that might be the calling of God on your life. It might be something really small. It might be, it might be a major thing, but he wants us to do what he's asked us to do because he loves us and wants to bless us. Well, thank you, Rohan. Some great insight there uh, into what God is, is saying and doing with us um, at this time. I, I too watched Downton Abbey <laughs> last week, funnily enough. We both watched Downton Abbey. We both read Jonah. Um, only God can do that. And um, I remember seeing that bit um, 
all those different scenes where they were so excited that the king was coming, so excited to be serving him. This was like, this is what their whole life was about. And, um, uh, you know, God has called and chosen every single one of us and he's given us um, grace um, to walk out what, what he asked us to do and he's given us gifts and talents, every single one of us. We may not feel like it all the time, but, but he has. And, um, and he's calling on us in this season to really lean into him, um, hear him and then respond to what he's saying. And like we heard, um, God spoke to Jonah, uh, arise and go. And we, we read that he did the opposite. He rose up and he fled and hid. And um, do you know what? We can all do that. We can all do that for various reasons. And, um, you know, Jonah was a prophet to the, to the nation of Israel and he was called to then go to his enemy. And he, we can understand why he didn't want to go. Um, so we can't really judge Jonah because um, God might ask us to go to our neighbour and inside we say, no, I don't want to. But um, whatever he asks us to do, um, we, he has graced us for and gifted us to do. And we need to trust him and the work he is doing on the inside of us, that it's, it's his heart, it's his compassion. Um, like we read in the end of Jonah, it's his compassion for a whole city, that um, he's, God's heart is amazing for people. It's amazing for us. It's amazing for the prodigals that have, that have run away from God for whatever reason. And um, so uh, I had a, a conversation with a lady in our congregation um, this week. Um, a lovely lady who called me who's been really struggling in this season. And um, she uh, had isolated herself from people around her in a small group because of um, the lies of the enemy and lack of self-worth. And we had this conversation where I was just basically pointing her back to truth of, of who she is, of how God sees her, speaking the truth over her, just encouraging her to have communion, take communion with Jesus and, and just um, proclaim who he is, what he's done, um, what he's done in her. And after a few minutes, she changed in her conversation and, and she could see the truth and she realised that she'd been listening to the lies of the enemy that wanted to take her out from church, take her out from the, the, the walk that he has her on. And, um, and she said, and then she, she just changed completely and said, do you know what? I get it now and I'm going to roll up my sleeves and get involved, get stuck in. And that's exactly what, um, what God wants to do at this time is is lead us into uh, shifting us into this new season of going, going to the sheep, the lambs that need him at this time. Um, the enemy hates that and he won't want us to do that. So he'll be lying at us. He'll be, he'll be shouting at us. You can't do this. You're not worthy. All the rest of it. And we need to be able to turn around and, and tell him to be quiet and for us to just surrender and submit afresh to the Lord and that he has got amazing things for us to walk in. And I just want us to, I just want to share with you a prophetic word um, that Michelle Elliott sent us earlier in the week. She said, the Lord spoke to her, the drought is coming to an end. I heard him saying, it's all about positioning. And then he said, I'm about to open my floodgates of my glory. The Lord is giving us an opportunity of time to ensure we're correctly positioned. I saw a vast riverbed dried up, cracked from the sun, 
There was no obvious life. It was completely desolate. And I saw the majority of the church in the riverbed on their knees, praying and waiting right in front of gigantic floodgates. Whilst most were in position, allowing God to continue working in them, and I sensed it was a layer upon layer of deep heart consecration. Others were climbing out of the riverbed and began wandering off to find something else that they thought would momentarily give them some kind of satisfaction. I saw people wandering around and the Lord showed me that they were going after mirages. In the heat and drought, they thought they could see something that would quench their spiritual, physical thirst and that they had blindly gone off following a mirage only to find that it was just that, a mirage. The Lord showed me that this is part of a great deception of the enemy, that believers, even strong ones, are being deceived into wandering away, thinking there must be something better than this current drought time. The mirages of self-sufficiency was a big one. People believing that at this time, they don't need to tune into church or be involved in church life because they want to take a rest or a break. Mirages of putting whole trust in government or the news or media, mirages of complacency and spiritual weariness, mirages of pride. The Lord showed me his heart is for all of his children to be in position, kneeling before him, before his floodgates. And I sensed an urgency in calling people back into position and away from deception. I sense that we are on the cusp of the floodgates of glory opening. We're not there yet. As he said, the drought is coming to an end, that it was not an end now. Now, therefore, this is the time for the body to dig deep, to position themselves, ourselves, our hearts, our minds, attitudes, motives and lives before him in absolute surrender and allow ourselves to keep being refined and going through the process of consecration. It will not be easy or comfortable at times, but we must determine ourselves to stay the course because he wants us to be right at the front when he opens his floodgates of glory and deluges us, overwhelms us and sweeps us up in his glory. No price is too high for what he's about to do. We know from Malachi that his promise to open his floodgates results in so much blessing, we cannot contain or store it. Time is short and there's an urgency in the spirit for the body to yield and get on its knees. We don't want any left behind in what he is about to do. Wow, what an amazing, amazing word for us at this time. And we need to position ourselves in a place of surrender, submission and humility to the Lord because this is about what he is about to do in the earth that, that we are a part of and he wants us a part of it. Just like Jonah, he wanted Jonah to partner with him in bringing a city to him. And what an amazing privilege and calling. And, you know, even with Jonah, um, he was, he got so angry at, at God forgiving of people. He was so offended uh, having to go to his enemy. And even after he preached to the city, you know, he sat under um, uh, a vine in the desert and he was, he was watching what was going to happen to the city. And then God caused that vine to be um, 
to be eaten up by a worm and he was no longer covered when the, the sun came and the wind came and he, he was so angry uh, at God. And yet God said, do you, you know, do you have a right to be angry or upset or offended at everything that's going on at the moment? Do you, when I, I love these people and I love you, Jonah, and that's the heart of God at this time. We need to bring to the Lord everything we're struggling with at the moment whether um, we are upset about this season that we're in, um, we need to submit to the season that we're in and what God's doing. Whether we um, are afraid in this season, we need to bring in that fear um, and allow him to, to bring peace into our hearts. Whether we're um, upset at the season we're in, we, we need to be able to just bring everything like that that causes us to flee his presence, bring it to his heart, bring it before him and allow God to do a deep work in us that we can say yes, like, like Rohan's been saying, that this is a yes season to the Lord and it's because of his amazing love and mercy that we can say yes. So shall we pray? Father, we do just come before you in this season. Of, we surrender our hearts and our lives. We surrender everything to you that's going on in our heads at this time or in our world. We surrender to you, to your amazing love and to your amazing purposes that you have chosen to partner with us in. Jesus, your love is fierce and determined to pursue us and it's fierce and determined to pursue the lost. And Lord, I want my heart to be positioned, my life to be positioned and say, yes, I don't want to run from you. Lord, save us, me, from comfortable Christianity from my own selfishness, from my own creature comforts. Lord, that I would respond to you and your passion and heart for a dying world, that your glory will be seen in and through, in and through us as your church to save people at this time. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And where any of us have, have, have tried to get out of this process, Lord, we come back to you. We come back to you, Lord, and say, yes, Lord, deal with my heart. Show me through your eyes what you are doing, what you are saying. And I say, yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, Father, I just want to ask for your forgiveness where... I personally or we corporately have just been distracted by the things of life, the things of this world and just our own uh, fleshly desires and, and wants and things that, that we've gone after, these mirages, Father, where the, the things that we think we need in our lives, but we don't really, Father, forgive us, Lord, where we've said no to you and, and gone off to do other things, Lord. Father, we, we thank you, Lord, that, that you want to offer faith inside of us, Lord, to say yes to you. Father, we thank you. We're people of your spirit, Lord. We're not people of the flesh. But Father, we thank you that you enable us, you grace us to walk by the spirit every day. 
And Lord, we want to choose you in every given situation, every day, whenever we feel that kind of uh, that witness in the spirit, that that kind of um, motivation from your spirit, Father, to do what you to do what you something that you're asking us to do, Father. We thank you, Lord, that that we say yes to that and we choose your will, Father, for our lives in that. Jesus, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for that divine empowerment and enabling that comes from your spirit, that comes from you to pursue you, Father God. Lord, we wanna be positioned and ready to, to do whatever it is you're calling us to do, Father. Cause us to be ready, Lord God. Cause us to just get rid of things in our lives that are, are like idols, like Jonah prayed in his prayer. You know, you don't wanna to turn to worthless idols. Lord, help us to get rid of everything that is not of you in our lives and to just fill it with you, Father God. Fill it with your word, your life, your spirit. So, Father, we just thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in us and through us. And, Lord, we want to be those people that are ready and willing to serve you and yes. to follow you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.